this is not the easiest panel. The time being straight after the lunch does not make it the easiest. But I can tell you it is one of the most interesting ones. And uh, I will use the quote of the minister, Mr. Hatsidakis, that uh, the robustness of the Greek banking system is one of the four focus areas and priorities of the Greek government. Now, I think we will all agree that over the last, last few years, we have seen a tremendous progress in the Greek banking system. We passed from a period of uh, remarkable losses to a period of uh, remarkable profitability this year, from a period of uh, big stress on asset quality and high NPLs to a period of single-digit NPE ratios, from a period of stressed liquidity to a period of ample liquidity, and so on and so forth. During this period, the Greek banks implemented large transformation programs, focusing primarily on digital transformation, on client centricity, on cost optimization, bringing them, bringing them to this new era that we will discuss today with uh, our esteemed uh, panelists in this, uh, in this great panel that I will introduce you uh, shortly now. So on my left, uh, Ms. Eleni Vretou is the CEO of Attica Bank. On her left, Mr. George Zanyas is the chairman of the board of directors of Eurobank. To his left, Ms. Elizabeth McCall is a member of the supervisory board of European Central Bank. Then Mr. George Zavos, the president uh, and chairman of Hellenic Development Bank. And on the left, uh, Mr. Christodoulou, the CFO of National Bank of Greece. So Mr. Zanyas, I will start uh, with you, as uh, you have uh, a couple of, uh, of roles, uh, other than uh, a chairman of the board of Eurobank. You're also a professor at the Athens University of Economics and Business. You have also been an ex-minister of, of finance. So from this hat, maybe the first question, how do you see overall the macro environment in which uh, Greek banks operate? Uh, what does this environment mean for the Greek banks now? But also, what is the outlook of this macro environment for the banking system? Uh, Mr. Papandreou, thank you very much. And I'm very glad that um, I was invited to this capital link and this um, session. Uh, well, we heard the minister earlier, so we're going to say similar things, I suppose, um, with, uh, Mr. Hazidakis. Uh, let me uh, start by saying that um, uh, you know, I've been coming to this uh, event for uh, many years, including the hard years um, of the crisis. And I'm very happy, really, that um, today I can say that uh, we are in a, on a different phase compared to our European partners in the Eurozone. In fact, in a better phase. Until now, we were on a worse uh, phase. Um, and I will explain what I mean by, th by this. During, um, you know, 2020, 2000, 2021 and 22, the Greek GDP increased by more than 14% in two years. And now the European Commission predicts that this year and the following two, the average growth rate will be 2.3% per annum. Now, when in the Eurozone, the figure is 1.1, so it's more than double in Greece. This is really uh, happening for the first time after some couple of decades, uh, I would say. So um, I think that um, the, there are a number of reasons uh, for that, uh, really. 
uh, and I will name some of them, the, the most the generic reasons. Uh, why Greece in the medium term uh, has very good prospects, in fact, better than the average of, uh, of the Eurozone. One thing is that uh, during the long crisis years and the economic programs, a large number of reforms were implemented. You know, we have now a sustainable pension system, we have a very low unit labor cost, we have the most flexible labor market in Europe, etc. So all this uh, helped. Then during this crisis, when we lost 27% uh, of our GDP, uh, as it is natural, a lot of uh, investment opportunities um, emerge. If we add to these investment opportunities the huge investment program that is financed by the European Union resources, about um, 80 billion or so, um, then this shows what the prospects medium term uh, will be. Of course, um, there are other things that are happening. One thing is that uh, we have political stability uh, in Greece. We have uh, elections after three and a half years with a pro-market uh, government um, 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 uh, now in, in place, um, which improves credibility of the country and activates all these reforms that have taken place and the opportunities that exist in, in, in Greece. Now, the thing is that I was in the Eurogroup for a number of uh, years and they used to call a special case country. This is no longer true. And I think the event that um, officially ends that period is the return to the investment uh, great um, uh, by almost everybody except Moody's uh, so far. So the outlook medium term is um, very good. Uh, I can confirm really what um, uh, Mr. Hedzadakis uh, uh, said from uh, my side uh, also. Now, as they say, if the country does well, the banks are also doing well. And um, the reverse is also true that you need good banks in order to fund uh, um, uh, growth. Now, the thing is that um, Greek banks uh, have uh, dealt with uh, legacy problems. There are some NPs. Uh, remaining about 5% or so, don't forget there were 50% um, uh, some time uh, ago. And now they, uh, after having uh, uh, done with uh, the legacy problems, uh, we concentrate uh, uh, more on performance and, um, and growth. Um, the thing is that um, you can see in performance, you can see what the, how much the capital uh, is. My bank has set one 17 percent, almost 20 percent uh, uh, total uh, capital. Um, we are highly uh, profitable. We have lots of uh, liquidity, which was very scarce at that time. You know, loan to deposit is only 70, 75 percent, and you know, cost to income in Greek banks is about 35%. So these are really very good performance uh, indicators uh, for the Greek uh, banks. Now, I will tell you another number. Uh, another number is that at this moment, the loans of the Greek banking system are about 60% of GDP only, only. Before the crisis, it was double that figure. In Portugal, which is a similar country, it is 110% of GDP. So you can imagine how much you know, the scope ahead for expansion exists. And this will happen you know, because there are a, a significant component of the Greek economy. It's not restructured yet. It's in the services. As this is being restructured, the growth continues. You know, the demand for loans uh, also uh, will increase. So this is what is happening. And um, 
two words only about my bank, which pays for the ticket also to come here, is that um, we were the first ones to lead the way for the deduction of the NPEs, the first privatized, and the most diversified bank Greece with about one third of our profits coming from uh, abroad. So I think it's uh, overall a positive prospect. Thank Super. you. Super. And maybe a follow-up question, if you allow me, uh, from on your uh, property as the chairman of, of the board of directors of, of one of the systemic banks. Uh, corporate governance is one of the areas that the institutional investors really you know, focus on. Uh, how would you view the level of corporate governance of Greek banks um, against European peers? And what would you say is the progress that you have seen on that aspect over the last yeah. few years? Uh, yes, I would tell you. I have served during the last 10 years as the chairman of two Greek banks, so I think I have a, a quite good idea of uh, <coughs> what is happening there. The thing is um, that um, all the European banks really changed their corporate governance after the financial crisis. In Greece, the uh, uh, governance of the Greek banks became part of the economic programs also that we had to implement. So the, the Troika and the, the IMF together with um, all the other reforms that they're trying to impose to Greece was also the corporate governance um, things. A lot was imported at that time and under agreement that we had to implement uh, that. But also the Greek banks were seeing that, um, you know, in order to avoid all the problems of the past, we have to improve. Now you see, the, if, if you look at the boards, the, of the, the Greek banks, um, um, you know, um, half of them or more than that uh, are foreigners, really. Europeans who bring the European culture um, uh, into the, uh, the country. Um, then uh, after all these reforms that um, uh, took place and the control functions, really, which now have nothing, um, in, uh, you know, um, they are much, much better than they used to be before the, the crisis, then the SSM took over. The SSM uh, is trying really to harmonize the, the governance um, uh, structures across uh, Europe. In fact, in the um, reports that we receive every year, the examination that they have for the Greek banks, the SREP, one of the four pillars is corporate governance. So I think uh, that... Um, we are in a position to assure of the corporate governance, our investors. After all, you know, our institutional investors, at least in the fully private Greek banks, uh, more than 90% of institutional investors are foreigners. And uh, um, the foreigners are watching, and we take very good care of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Zanyas. And uh, Mr. Christofoulou, turning on the right part of the table, um, first of all, congratulations on the recent, uh, very successful placement of 22% of the bank shares. Uh, it was, uh, I understand, hugely oversubscribed. So, so my question would be linked to that. Uh, and, and we have seen during the same period the Unicredit deal with Alpha Bank. Uh, so, so there seems to be some great interest on, on Greek banks' share. What do you think drives this, this interest for Greek banks' shares, and do you see it extending in the future? Thanks for that. Thanks for the question, George. I think uh, the minister, Mr. Zanyas, mentioned some of the enablers, the key enablers that uh, drove to this uh, indeed successful transaction for MBG. So I would uh, 
I would uh, identify three different areas that are um, really helping uh, the banking institutions go forward, and NBG with the placement. First of all is the, is the macro environment in Greece, and in general, the Greek uh, story, which is a very attractive one. So uh, everybody knows that Greece is coming out of a prolonged crisis, um, and the Greek economy now is on a path of sustainable growth with our GDP uh, in the past few years as well as in the next uh, couple of years, estimated at over 2%, comfortably outperforming the, the, the Eurozone average, which is a, a very, uh, a, a, it's a milestone for investors to have as a point of reference. Then the fundamentals of the Greek economy are also very strong. Uh, we've heard today about political stability and a government uh, focused on reforms and a momentum uh, on that direction. Uh, we have a remarkable fiscal rebalancing and debt sustainability outlook. And all this, of course, was ratified by the investment grade that we've seen during autumn happening uh, from three different agencies. Uh, we've had the minister talk about the FTI being at record levels for many years. Uh, our corporates, our corporates are with very strong balance sheets with the profitability being at the highest levels they've been for over a decade now. Uh, and with a low leverage that uh, could support expansion plans going forward. And also households. Households benefit from the sustainable employment growth, uh, from the increase in real disposable income, despite uh, the inflation levels that we see uh, currently. So o overall, the, the Greek economy as a whole is one of the uh, levers. The second one is the banking system itself. Uh, we have banks that are well capitalized, uh, banks that are highly liquid, and more or less all the banks have managed to cleanse their balance sheets. Uh, we also heard Mr. Zanya say about the underpenetrated uh, loan, let's say, environment in Greece. Less than 60% uh, as a percentage of GDP in terms of performing loans, while the rest of Europe is currently at around 100%. That's uh, a margin for us to catch up. And for that to happen, obviously FDI is required, but also investment and financing from the banks. Um, also, the banks currently are enjoying their restored profitability, of course, on the back of the increased trade environment. And gradually, I think we are in a position to start returning capital to our shareholders, which is also something that attracts foreign investment. I think the last uh, point I, I want to make is for MBG specifically. Obviously, um, our investors have rewarded the bank for all the progress that has made in the last four to five years. Uh, I think our commitment towards uh, our ongoing transformation, improving the customer experience, and of course, credibility in delivering results uh, is what also attracted them uh, in this uh, placement transaction. And I will just make a reference to a few um, numbers that uh, we managed to deliver, which uh, I think uh, speak well for the bank itself. First of all, the cleansing of our balance sheet. Uh, with point of reference September 2023 numbers, our NP position is at 3.5%. I think we are at uh, the point that we wanted to be uh, in 2025, so two years ahead of plan, we've managed to reduce our NP levels with uh, our cash coverage at 100%, so effectively what, what NPs we have left on the balance sheet are covered from provisions. 
Um, I, have to, I have to thank Mr. Zavos on my right because he was one of the pioneers in this respect with uh, the Hercules program because all the banks have utilized it uh, to speed up and accelerate the, the cleansing of the balances. Another element that uh, I think uh, bodes well for MBG is the healthy and consistent loan growth that we have exhibited over the years. Uh, again, with the September numbers, we are over a billion year on year up on our performing loan book. And you know, given the fundamentals of the economy, I think the environment is there for us to grow even further. Uh, liquidity, we maintain one of the top liquidity profiles even compared to European peers with our uh, LCR ratio at 250% and our loan to deposit ratio at 56%. So everybody can see that we are well positioned to, to fund the economy uh, going forward. And another thing to add about liquidity is that currently where the ECB rates are, it's a key driver for profitability as well. Uh, second to none, of course, is also our capital position. We, we now stand with a quarter one capital ratio of 18%, again, amongst the highest compared to European peers. We've managed to generate about 220 basis points of capital in the first nine months of the year. So that's a guarantee for what's also coming uh, in, in the future. And of course, capitalizing on our distinct balance sheet and of course on the transformation, trans transformational efforts that we are uh, carrying out at the moment, we have our increasing profitability. We've managed to nearly uh, manage a billion euros of profits for the nine months, translating into a return on tangible equity of 18%, which again, comparing to European peers, it's amongst the highest uh, in the region. And lastly, I think the signaling of the, of the remuneration to shareholders, the banks and NBG in specific, you know, starting uh, in the year 2024 with dividends, another means of returning capital to the shareholder, uh, is something uh, very strong as well that attracted, I believe, uh, funds to the placement. So all these things combined led to a very successful transaction. I mean, we've had uh, some of the forums before um, talk about it, over eight uh, times oversubscribed with a discount that compares to none uh, in Europe, uh, great investor base uh, entering our shareholder space from many geographies, and uh, I think the fact that we have included the Greek retail uh, in, the, in the placement is a, is a great success for uh, the country as well. Thank you, thank you very much. And and talking about record profitability, right, of, of this one billion, I think the one million dollar question for many investors that uh, we discuss with is how sustainable is this level of profitability, right? Uh, a big part of that is attributed to the rising interest rate. Of course, there is transformation as well and other things driving these numbers, but, but there is a big NII effect behind. So how sustainable, you believe, is this uh, level of profitability and where the banks should focus in the future in anticipation of declining at some point, yeah, rates? Yeah, indeed, this is a very nice question. It's one we get from all the investors every time we are on the road. Uh, the tightening of ECB's monetary policy uh, from, I would say, abnormally low levels, actually negative uh, rate levels, was a key driver of profitability, especially uh, given that the the asset side of the balance sheet of, uh, of Greek banks was floating, let's say, asset base. Uh, so we benefited a lot uh, from this uh, policy. Now, going forward, as you said, the rates will inevitably normalize to more sustainable levels. I mean, one could argue that 
we could be seen operating uh, at rate levels, let's say 150 basis points lower than we are at the moment, even, even a bit more. Uh, given ECB's guidance that they want to have uh, the rates at the, at the point, at the level where inflation would be sustainable uh, in the area of 2% and below. Now, the banks are already implementing strategies to kind of mitigate the, the negative effect that the decrease in the rates will have and obviously prevent the erosion in uh, their NIMS uh, from the normalization of the rates. That uh, involves structurally hedging the balance sheet uh, to protect, as I said, the NII. All of us have actually started to implement such strategies. And another way that we can do that is also investing in fixed rate assets, uh, given the, the, the levels of rates we have at the moment. But uh, as you rightly said, at the same time, we shouldn't be focused only on these, um, let's say, uh, techniques to log in the rates. We should also continue improving our business models to become more competitive and to support profitability going forward. Uh, this includes, obviously, the healthy credit expansion going forward, both in corporates and retail. We've talked about the FDI, the level of uh, performing loans as a percentage of GDP, and the growth that we expect in Greece. So the fundamentals are there for the banks to finance and grow healthily going forward in terms of their loan book. Uh, we, we are also you know, uh, going to tap on opportunities uh, like uh, the emerging uh, and sizable uh, servicer uh, loan and collateral market. I mean, those NPs, 100 billion of NPs that uh, left the banking system to the, uh, to the services is inevitably going uh, to come back in some form and an amount, let's say, half of that back to the banking system. So we have to be ready to finance that. Um, another way is to improve our fee generation uh, capacity. Greek banks in general are um, laggards compared to European peers, so we have to do better in that respect. Uh, we do quite well in, um, in uh, low loan origination fees and credit-related fees in general, but uh, on uh, non-credit-related fees, fees that have to do with, with wealth management, bank assurance products, we are not there yet. We need to become a bit more sophisticated and drive uh, our depositors into these higher yielding uh, products, which will also lead to fees for us. Uh, of course, the continuing cleansing of the balance sheet will also lead to a normalization, a, a reduction in the cost of risk, which will be a booster to profitability as well. And uh, lastly, I would say that investment in technology is also something that uh, will promote digital transformation. It will increase efficiency, lower costs uh, going forward, but at the same time, it will also improve uh, product and service offering uh, for our clients. So all in all, uh, with all these tangible initiatives, I believe that profitability is sustainable going forward. And uh, it's important for us to um, credibly show to the investor community that the sustainability of our returns, our returns of, of, on tangible equity will remain at high and healthy levels going forward. Thank you, thank you, Christo. And, and turning now to one of the two ladies in our panel, Ms. Vretou, um, you took over as the CEO of Attica Bank uh, around a year ago, right? Uh, the bank was reporting uh, 40 million or more losses at Q3 of 22. Uh, within a year, you have um, uh, changed the situation and, uh, and moved now to a profitability, uh, more than 15 million, if I remember correctly, profit one, one year later. So we'd like to share a bit what has been behind this you know, uh, fantastic improvement within a year in your first year in Attica Bank. 
Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Papadimitriou, and thank you also to Mr. Bornozis for the kind invitation to represent the bank here today. Um, the first thing I would like to say is that the profitability that you've seen in the ninth month results is going to be even more impressive by year end. So I can't say more because I see Ms. Lazarako somewhere here in the audience, but I can tell you that it's definitely sustainable for the end of the year and next year as well. So if you look strictly at the, fine, at the numbers, uh, this is like the actual profitability is, has three components. One of them is definitely the rising interest rate environment, uh, which has been suggested by Mr. Zanyas and Mr. Christodoulou, but we're less benefiting from that versus the systemic banks. And the reason for that is because we have been deliberately among the first ones to pass on pass the, the, the benefit of the interest rates back to the customers through some very competitive time deposits that we've offered to our client base. So this is one third of the, one of the three components. The second component was a very severe cost-cutting exercise whereby we basically renegotiated every single contract that we had with suppliers with the bank. We cut many of the third-party advisors. Again, many apologies to several advisors here in the room today. We had to cut you down, people. Uh, and we basically managed to reduce significantly the cost-income ratio of the bank, which used to be something like 280% cost-income ratio. It's now around 60%, and definitely there's, there's room to go in order to follow the example set by the systemic banks. But the third and most important component is actually that this bank is able to generate revenues now. So after the successful recapitalization back in April, uh, where we completed a share capital increase of 473 million euros, we redeployed the balance sheet because of our capital position and the strong liquidity that we have. Uh, we have about three billion deposits right now and rising from our customers. And even when the European banks had liquidity problems, we had increasing liquidity uh, as a bank. We basically managed to extend this balance sheet back to our customers. So we, in the 10th month uh, period that we have in 2023, we have a positive, healthy credit expansion of around 250 million euros. This is actually quite impressive uh, because this is generally a trend that in the Greek banking sector, there's minimal credit expansion. So you would ask me naturally, why would a client actually come to Attica Bank versus one of the systemic banks? And the reason why a customer chooses us is because we can be faster. We can be faster because we are a smaller bank, we have agility, and we care about like, every single customer we have because they're very valuable and important to us. So these are actually the financing analysis, but if you look like now, there are several underlying like, you know, drivers, the soft drivers, which are more important. This is what drives actually this change in numbers. The first ones are people, so we managed to attract very early on good talent uh, who have joined the bank, they have taken the bet like now around like, you know, transforming this bank altogether. We have managed to attract private investment. So you know, we have a private investor now who aligns their interest with actually the good performance of the bank and not like, you know, making profits around non-performing loans or other side benefits. We managed to get rid of uh, different sorts of interventions. So it's no secret that this bank used to be an object of political intervention, non-transparency, another sort of like, you know, means. Uh, we now have instilled a very strict like, you know, corporate governance framework. We have a very strong board of directors which has changed altogether since April uh, with technocrats and people who have like, you know, no longer experience in both systemic and international banks. Uh, we have also changed the culture of the bank. And I think this is the most important thing. 
from the bottom of the bank until like you know, the board of the directors and the management, we have people who actually want to see this bank operating as a proper banking client, banking player. And I'd like to say that we're actually huge admirers of what has happened in the systemic banks. Uh, we feel that you know they also benefit from a little bit competition because you know they can also improve their service versus like you know the clients that we all want to achieve. We can also be a solution for the clients that are in the services, as Mr. Christodoulou said. So we can offer them a viable solution to reperform and come back to the banking system. But least of, uh, more importantly, we actually have followed their example around, like you know, have they cleaned up, have they become like you know stronger players, and this is the path that we want to follow ourselves as well. Thank you, and uh, I'm looking on the clock and I'm getting a bit anxious, but uh, I want a second question. Uh, we have heard the minister discussing about the need for a fifth, uh, for a fifth pillar, right? That, uh, and we have heard even the prime minister mm -hmm. discussing about it. So, so where do we stand on this matter as you're one of the candidates for, for building this, this pillar? Where do we stand on that? And, and where do you think this bank that could emerge as a fifth pillar should focus on to compete okay. in the Greek market? Yeah? So I, I think we've touched on like, you know, who the target clients are. I think basically we're looking not necessarily to compete with the systemic banks. We're looking to fill whatever gaps there are in the system uh, and offer like, an alternative financing solution for our clients, for the Greek clients. And this is not at odds with what happens in other European countries. So you know, in every single other country, there is a challenger bank. There are like, you know, a fifth and a sixth bank that offer an alternative financing solution and can be very viable. So where we stand versus like, you know, the, the creation of the fifth banking pillar. First of all, I'd like to say that this is probably the most ambitious and challenging project that has ever happened, I think, in the Greek banking history, in the sense that you, know, you have two banks that you need to restructure, transform, recapitalize, and merge at the same time, and then integrate at the same time as well, um, and attract like, you know, private investors like, you know, into this vehicle. So we remain very focused on this plan. So um, the due diligence has started. Uh, we have received the support by both uh, main investors, so you know, both the private investor, but also like, you know, the Hellenic Financial Stability Fund, uh, which has been an integral part of driving this whole discussion. Um, we are, have, are in the process of uh, finalizing the business plan of the combined new entity. Um, and uh, together with the support of the government, and again, I'd like to thank myself as well, Mr. Zavos, for the inception of Hercules. We now have Hercules Program Part 3, uh, which is no secret that it is intended mainly for the less systemic institutions to clean up as well. So the intention is that we will go into a single-digit NP level or something that will be equally good, if not single-digit, then something that can be like, you know, low and investable. Uh, and at the same time, hopefully, during the first quarter of 2024, we will be able also to submit the plan for merger between the two institutions. Um, as I said, it's very ambitious, but because this is a priority, I think, not because the government has said it in the minister or the Bank of Greece, but because actually the economy needs this new institution to be healthy and in operation, uh, we are very much focused in, uh, in order to achieve this in this uh, timeline that I have described. Thank you. And uh, Mr. Zavos, turning, turning to you, uh, allow me to start with a, a bit of a personal question for, for a quick uh, commentary. We heard a couple of uh, people on the panel thanking you for, uh, for your uh, uh, being the brain behind the Hercules um, you know, securitization program. Uh, so, th so the question is, when you were designing this program a couple of years ago, would you ever believe that in such a short period of time we will move from 
tenth percentage, uh, you know, tens of NPL ratios to a single digit in the Greek market? Yeah, I recall this time, you know, I was here, you know, many times with uh, many people with doubts. And I recall also that a few months ago, the Prime Minister said that uh, many might have doubted four years ago uh, that Greece would be capable of reducing, you know, the exorbitant uh, level of uh, banks' uh, NPLs. I also recall what happened here uh, exactly day by day four years ago when I announced to international investors uh, the Hercules bill coming to the parliament. And I remember that I had to leave next day, the, right, the day after, to fly to Athens to defend it into the, the parliament. I'm really proud for what we did uh, at, at that time. That's, I think, it's an, it's an achievement in terms that, uh, you know, Hercules has been an impressive, uh, implementing within an impressive uh, time frame of even less than, uh, than two years. The results, I would say, they are kind of nothing short of staggering. Uh, with a remarkable uh, reduction from 46% of NPLs the day I took office and bringing down, you know, now to a single uh, digit, uh, digit number. Hercules, as now we know, has rescued the Greek banking system from turmoil, but also has become, I would say, one of the cornerstones of Greek's uh, virtuous uh, uh, cycle. Bloomberg last April also aptly stated that uh, the magnitude of the improvement is unsurpassed anywhere by a banking system. All these accomplishments had a profound and I would say positive impact on Greek banks, propelling them towards a profitability a cycle, also growth after 13 years of hardship. Now the Hercules has been pivotal in facilitating the upgrades of the Greek banks, of the Greek economy, and has paved, as we know, the way to the acquisition, to the return to the investment grade. Uh, attainment of investment grade is really a remarkable success story that's been fueled by unwavering determination and political result of the Kyriakos Mitsotakis uh, government. It's also a culmination of years of hard work of the, of the Greek uh, people. And I wanted really to pay tribute uh, to my European colleagues, such as Mrs. McCall of the, of the ACB uh, and her uh, SSM uh, president, my good friend, uh, Enria, uh, Andrea Enria, for their unfailing and unwavering support throughout the turbulent uh, journey at that time. The rapid reduction of the, the MPLs had made significant contribution, I would say, the financial stability. It allowed banks to promptly participate the channeling of the RRF funds, also enable banks, you know, to move to um, share capital increases, and now for the HFSF to, to divest uh, from uh, several of these uh, systemic banks. Herfugles uh, Securitization Scheme has been a real transformative journey story uh, for Greece and its banks through the cleaning of the balance sheets enhance uh, investor uh, uh, confidence and also boost in uh, growth. Hercules, as we know, has been successful because the government has extended twice and one most uh, recently. It has been praised, we know well, by international financial institutions and I would say it serves as valuable example for the EU of how a market-based mechanism, solution like securitization should be at the heart of deepening the capital markets union. And I do believe that securitization really can be the turbo for financing Europe's 
and Greece great needs for meeting the targets, especially of green and energy transition. So that's, I think, some of the things we can take with us. Thank you. And a bit, a bit more business uh, question on, on something that you focus on as Hellenic Development yeah. Bank. Uh, SMEs are often referenced as the backbone of the Greek economy. I mean, the vast majority yeah. of our companies are, are SMEs in reality. Uh, where do you see opportunities in relation to, to, to Greek banks when it comes to financing this SME segment? It's an interesting, but it has proved to be kind of challenging as well over the years for yeah. Greek banks. You, you, you are very right, because from the one side, everybody knows we even say that the uh, Greek SMEs uh, is the most crucial component of the country's economy, which accounts almost 99% of all Greek companies, which employ more or, more or less around 85, you know, of the workforce. This is a diverse, diverse segment, encompass industries from manufacturing, agriculture, retail, services, and presents uh, a vast untapped a market. Still, and here is the, the problem, uh, despite its economic significance, the SMEs face a challenge, you know, in accessing and securing, uh, securing finance from the traditional uh, commercial banks. And that is due to the perceived uh, risks, collateral requirements, and high uh, interest rates. And this is exactly where the HDB, the Hellenic Development Bank, comes in and plays a catalytic role in uh, alleviating, you know, these obstacles that and empowers SMEs, you know, uh, to thrive. What we do, we have a comprehensive risk uh, mitigation tools and tailored financial uh, solutions, and we effectively, I think, we unlock a potential for the SMEs. There are two, uh, two tools, uh, guarantee schemes, co-finance loans, and through innovative financial instruments, I think we will significantly reduce interest rates for the SMEs. By soldering of this portion of the risk that's associated with the SMEs, I think we help the SMEs to expand. And I would say that Hellenic Development Bank uh, leaves an important, uh, a, an important uh, uh, impact because uh, it plays a role in leveraging, uh, from one side, uh, Greek uh, banks' money and encouraging them now to strategically position themselves in a catering specific needs for the SMEs. And through a very close collaboration uh, we have with the systemic banks, try to secure a sustainable source for uh, income for them if really they position well uh, in this mid-future. But at the same time, uh, the HDB plays a pivotal role in leveraging, that's important, uh, not only the national, uh, the national sources, but primarily the EU funds. And, and here we managed to effectively absorb uh, EU funding, and also we have a very dynamic synergetic relation, the European Investment Bank, and we manage you know, to expand uh, our reach and enhance the ability of the Greek uh, entrepreneurs. In, uh, also, I, I would like to say that one of our main focuses is green finance because we provide loans, grants to SMEs uh, and to individuals through a number of important sustainable practices. 
We improve also uh, through loans financial efficiency and embrace obviously digital uh, transformation. Therefore, somehow what are we doing? We save the appropriate financial instruments and we transform the European Union funds and national funds, you know, into loans that help transition towards green and more competitive uh, economy. The impact uh, we have in the economy, uh, give an example, over the last uh, three to four years, uh, we managed to finance around 36,700 uh, 36, um, companies uh, and also giving around 45,000 uh, loans. This has resulted to a portfolio of uh, under management of exceeding now nine four, nine four point uh, billion uh, uh, euros. We have uh, fostered also the creation of over 18,600 new jobs. We contribute around 7.7 .7 billion to Greece, uh, Greek uh, GDP. And we manage, we have a multiplier effect that we have uh, counted, which is uh, two, uh, therefore, for every euro uh, we put in, two euros they are coming also from the from the, the commercial banks, and therefore we manage to have a clear, tangible impact on the Greek economy. I would like to leave you with three messages in that. In concluding, point one is that Hellenic Development Bank uh, it's, it has an unwavering commitment to support the SMEs and unlock uh, their. Uh, potential and contribute to the Greek uh, economy. We, Greece, uh, were at the turning point that we know through the important government policies, Greece embarks in a transformative uh, journey and we remain steadfast in our mission to create value for society and for the environment. And finally, we have seen what has happened these four years the important change, transformative change of the Greek uh, financial system, especially the Greek uh, banking system, and is this new recompilation of the financial system, uh, HDB manages to position itself as an indispensable partner for the new post-crisis Greek uh, financial landscape. So that's the three issues I'd like to Thank you, Mr. Zavos. And, and Mrs. McCall, now we go to, to the interesting part, which is the reality check. So you shared uh, the Greek bankers share their optimism, their enthusiasm for the prospects of the Greek banking and results over the last year. So being the only external and also most importantly coming from the supervisor board of ECB, how do you view this progress of the Greek banks over the last year? And where do you think they should focus on asking you know, over the, the, the future that the rates will start to de-escalate? Thank you very much. Um, and May I just give my thanks also for the invitation to be here with you all um, in such an important year. Um, and I'm going to agree with you right up front about um, this mood of optimism that you can feel throughout this conference. Um, it's it's, it's well-founded. Um, you spoke a few minutes ago about you know, everyone having a lot of doubt about the ability to make certain achievements. 
And I have to start by saying that um, there is no doubt that this has been a favorable year for Greece and for its banking system. That, that, is, that is a fact. The, the country has achieved the investment grade, and there are spillover effects coming from that investment grade to the banks in terms of their ratings and also overall because of their, their collateral that they have. So this is a, this is a very welcome uh, and very important um, market development. And then, um, you know, it's, it's remarkable what has happened with the Greek banking system. The asset quality is improving. The NPL ratio of the Greek banks has declined dramatically. You said 46% when you started, 49% in 2017. And today that number single digits, it's dropped to 8.6% for the banks that uh, that we supervise. That was in, in Q2, and we have an expectation that there will be a further decline in the third and fourth quarters of this year. I would say um, I, I, I really appreciated your thanks, um, which go to um, our chair, Andrea Enria. Um, but I, and may, may I make a little parenthetical here? Supervisors are never thanked, so this is an extraordinary <laughs> moment. Um, it's a little bit like being uh, on the soccer field, on the football field. You know, no one ever cheers for the goalie when he makes the save, but everybody boos when there's a problem that happens. But there's huge thanks that go to you and for the work that you have done and a very intelligent. Um, solution with the Hercules Asset Protection Scheme. This is um, a very big part of the success in this picture of improving asset quality and, and improving the balance sheets on the banks. It's also the case that liquidity is strong. Um, the banks, the Greek banks have a traditional business model. Um, they remain very widely deposit funded and that those deposit, that deposit base has further increased over the past year and that's also evidenced by the low loan to deposit ratio. Profitability is improving. We've heard that message consistently today. Um, that's due, of course, to the higher interest rates, the higher interest rate environment that we find ourselves in. The high um, NII is contributing positively to the interim results. We have certain market conditions that are, are at play here. The sharp increase, rapid increase in the interest rates, stable funding costs, and we ha still have a low impact, which I would say many of us had skepticism about this, but a low impact on the cost of risk. These three things together have contributed to record results in terms of the profitability of the Greek banks that we supervise, and that's net of one-offs. The foreign interest in, in uh, the interest of foreign investors in Greek banks is, is also a positive development, and the announcement of the strategic partnership uh, between Alpha Bank and Unicredit and the successful placement of a 22% stake owned by HFSF and National Bank of Greece last month. These are um, seeds of a posi very positive development that is occurring. Um, we see that the Greek banks are benefiting very much from the co-financing of the loans at low interest rates, and that's been made available by the EU's Recovery and Resilience Fund, and that's also something that's very helpful overall for the Greek economy. Now, I wouldn't be a supervisor if I didn't turn to the second part of your question, um, which is, you know, where do we want to go from here? And I, I think the buzzword, the message word, has to be sustainability. Um, how do we turn this story into, into a sustainable story? And we need to still um, be able to witness the full restoration of the bank's intermediary role in the Greek economy. And there are certain things that um, really need to happen. 
um, I would say, five things that need to happen um, for that to be the case. Um, first of all, we have to further reduce the bad debt. The NPLs didn't go away. They still very much um, are, are in the economy. There is hardship in firms and in households. They're outside of the banking system, but they're still there. And it, it's important to also point out that while this has been a dramatic uh, drop in the NPL ratios, there is um, still a larger share of bank loan portfolios and the NPLs and the bank loan portfolios than in the rest of the euro area. So there's more work to do that's very important in this area. Second, further strengthen capital buffers. Um, we need to make sure that there are, um, you know, there is the ability to absorb future potential losses. We are in a, a very uncertain macroeconomic environment, and um, you know, also we have the peculiarity of the Greek capital structure with the quality of the, of the capital buffers with the DTC that's dependent on future profitability. So we, we, uh, we exercise a lot of prudence in this area. Ensure that bank profitability is based on sustainable sources. As we go through the business cycle, making sure that um, continued lending um, to sound um, investments, uh, lending to, to sound investments, profitable investments, that this continues and this continues in a sound way throughout the business cycle. The last two I would put um, broadly in the category of, of strong governance, and I really appreciated your comments about um, the governance structure. It's, you know, there's a very important strategic role that that governance framework has to foster and nurture. And, and nurture. It's um, first that there be um, digital transformation, that some of this profitability be invested in the IT systems and the structures that run the banks. This is absolutely important um, in this world of technology renaissance that we're living in. And then secondly, um, it's essential that the Greek banks incorporate climate-related and environmental risks into their overall picture. There's an enormous opportunity for sustainability, there has, there's an enormous financing opportunity in the transition period. We need to make sure that also the banks, the Greek banks are aligning their practices um, with current regulatory requirements and the supervisory expectations in this area. And Ms. McCall, we're, we're out of time, but uh, I cannot resist in a final question, given that we have the privilege to have you with us today. A bit of perspective on the wider European banking system in which Greek banks operate what is your take as a supervisor? And do you believe there is room for um, you know, cross-border consolidation that we will see in Europe over the next okay. uh, foreseeable future? Yeah, I, um, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, as an American, I'm always making the comparisons between uh, the European banking system and the American banking system. And if you simply look at the activity in the banking sector post-great financial crisis, the consolidation that occurred in the United States um, compares quite dramatically against the consolidation that has occurred in Europe. And I'm, I'm very broadly of the view that um, the European market suffers from a, um, an overhang of overbanking. And, you know, without any, the, the, these events have to be market-driven, of course. Um, they're not supervisory-driven. But it's, it's the case that the overall banking sector would benefit very much from further consolidation across the board in terms of its overall profitability and the sustainability of the business models. I think this is, a, is an absolute must. Um, I would say just overall in the overall banking sector, 
Um, you know, we're really focused on the uncertainty in the macroeconomic environment. It's, um, it's a moment, I call it sort of the triple threat. We've got the rising interest rates, inflationary pressures. We have um, the geopolitical uh, situation with conflict, terrible conflict in the Middle East and the, the terrible war of Russia in, in, in the Ukraine. And then we still have after effects of the pandemic. And these are you know, difficult waters to navigate. And so we're really, um, you know, very focused on having the institutions be uh, very prudent. Thank you so much. And uh, I guess this brings us to the end with uh, two thank you and one apologies. Uh, thank you to our panel members for a great discussion. Thanks to all of you for your attention and apologies for a short overrun uh, on